On today's episode of Soul Zero Two, we're going to be talking about the merciful and how they receive mercy on Soul Zero Two. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And so glad to be with you today. And we've been doing this series called Flourishing God's Way. And it, it deals with the Beatitudes of Jesus, which are the, the the sayings that he said on the Sermon on the Mount. And if you want to know what Jesus said, this is one of the best ways to see what he said and what he meant. Because usually when he speaks about these things, it's always the opposite or so radically different from worldly philosophies that that it is amazing and 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 you you want it you want it you know um and today i want to talk about mercy because we live in a world today that needs a lot of mercy and there's so little of it but um so today we have the scripture before us that says blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy or they will receive mercy and this scripture is is the test to see whether your faith is manufactured or really manifested in your life. In other words, when a person is really growing in faith, one of the signs is that they're showing mercy. And this blessed are the merciful beatitude is almost like a graduation that shows that you're growing truly in Christ because this beatitude is unique from all others in that the ones that came before it all speak of receiving mercy from God. But this one speaks of being givers. It's the first time where it speaks of giving out. So here's the point. The more you grow, the more you give. And it is one thing to receive mercy, but it's another thing to be able to give it. And this is how you really know you're maturing as a follower of Christ. You're able to give out mercy. When I was younger as a Christian, I was not good at this. I was very judgmental. I was, you know, I was like the prodigal son's older brother, that I was a rule follower, and so if you didn't follow the rules, man, you're, you know, you're going to be condemned. And God really had to grow me up in that area, that the more you grow in Him, the more you become like Him, and God is merciful. And some Christians, unfortunately, see Christianity as simply sinning and receiving mercy, sinning and receiving mercy, and they never, they never grow beyond that point where they become givers of mercy, where they realize how much they have been forgiven. And mercy is truly the test. Um, and and there's, a, there's a scripture I want to give you here first, though. It's Luke 7.47 that says, But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. And this scripture kind of talks about the idea that when you haven't had a real experience that you've been forgiven by God, You'll, you won't be a forgiver because it hasn't hit you. But when you really realize how much you've been forgiven by God, then you will, you will, you will be a forgiver. So, so many people, though, focus only on what the law requires, not on loving their neighbor, not on releasing their neighbor. That doesn't mean that you have to condone. If someone's doing something really wrong, you have to condone it. But it means that you have to be gracious and merciful. And Martin Lloyd-Jones beautifully beautifully wrote, um, the Christian gospel places all of its primary emphasis upon being. We have to be Christian before we can act as Christians. His spirit controls me at the very center of my life, controls the very spring 
of my being. So what, what is he saying there? He's saying that mercy has to be in our hearts before it's in our hands. Anybody can do good acts to help the poor and the needy and the broken without really having mercy. So Jesus himself embodied this beatitude when he stood up for the woman accused of adultery. When he went to the house of this awful surly tax collector named Zacchaeus and with the thief on the cross, he showed mercy. In fact, if you read all of his words and the Gospels, Jesus was always kind to the broken and the messed up. But he was very harsh with the religious, with those who, who held the standard of religion. He was very harsh with them. And so, but first, what mercy is not. Let's talk about this for a second. And mercy is not grace. And it sounds like grace. It sounds like it's close to grace, but mercy is not the same as grace. Grace is when we receive undeserved or unmerited favor, right? That's the, the consummate definition for grace uh, in regard to salvation. But mercy is when we give aid to people in pain. That's the difference. Mercy is a noun, says John Stott, that always deals with what we see of pain, misery, and distress. Grace, however, on the other hand, always deals with the sin and guilt itself. So mercy is different from grace, and you can't confuse them. But mercy is also not this. Mercy is not human compassion. Now, most people have some kind of compassion in them that when you see something sad or pitiful, or you see something broken, man, you just want to go help. That's natural. God made us that way. But we must not confuse that with having the capacity for you know human mercy with godly mercy. It's a big difference. When the motivation comes from, where the motivation comes from is totally different. The follower of Christ gives mercy not because they have some natural capacity, but because they have been forgiven by God and they have been shown mercy by God. So they become mercy, mercy people. And so the gift of mercy itself is, is um, another issue. And the gift of mercy is something that mercy is not. The gift of mercy is supernatural ability. Right? It's a calling. It's, it's one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. And everyone listening to me knows at least one person who is merciful. And they just have this gift of mercy. They just want to help everybody. They don't know how to say no. They're always busy fixing somebody's stuff or helping them or blessing them or giving them stuff or counseling them. And that's called the gift of mercy. But that is not the same as what Jesus called the merciful. Blessed are the merciful are those who don't naturally have merciful hearts, but have grown into maturity where they become merciful because they know they've been forgiven by God. So today, what is mercy? Mercy has been defined this way. It comes from a Latin word which means a sorrowful heart. Mercy is compassion, an understanding of another's unhappiness. In other words, you don't just see it. You feel it. And you don't, you don't just look at them and condemn them the way maybe the prodigal older brother did. But you really feel their pain. And even though you may not agree with what they're, what they're doing or did, you feel their pain. 
And many of Jesus' parables were about mercy. The, par- the parable of the prodigal son, right? And I think we have that one here. The, 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 parable, the, parable, the parable of the prodigal son, but also the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the unforgiving servant. These were parables that all deal with one thing, and that is mercy. So what is mercy today? Mercy is this. It is relating to others' misery. Jesus was moved, the Bible says, with compassion for the lost, not because of their merits, but because of the, their mercy, or their misery, their misery rather. He was just moved. He, he was just brokenhearted with, with their brokenness. In fact, when he approached Jerusalem, he wept over Jerusalem because, because of their stubbornness and hard-heartedness. And when Jesus saw the crowds, right, whenever he saw a crowd, he just felt compassion towards them. John Calvin once said, They are blessed who are not only prepared to put up with their own troubles, but also take on other people's to help them in distress, to freely join them in their their time of trials, and as it were, to get right into their situation. That's mercy. That's real. That's how you know you're really becoming a mature follower of Christ. You're able to give out. I don't mean naturally. I mean, it's like it's counterintuitive to your flesh. You don't want to help people in your flesh, but something says, you know what? Because God forgave me, I want to bless them. So what fuels our mercy for others is to know how much we have been forgiven and helped by God, especially when we didn't deserve it. So what is mercy? It is also this, not only to to relate to others' misery, but also to relieve others' misery. Puritan Thomas Watson, who wrote about the Beatitudes back in 1660, he defined mercy this way, when our hearts melt at the sight of the needy and our readiness to be instrumental for their good. And that's a beautiful way to to put it. And this is the metric that Jesus will one one day use for all of his followers. It's not going to be how good you were or how good I am. It's going to be, did you show mercy? Uh, did you did you help me when I was in need? And Matthew 30, uh, 25 puts it this way, and I'm going to read it really quickly to you. Then the king will say to all those at his right hand, Come, you are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you for, for the foundation of, from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. And I was naked, and you gave me clothing. And I was sick, and you took care of me. And I was in prison, and you visited me. And and then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, and gave you food, and thirsty, and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you as a stranger, and welcomed you, and when you were naked and you, we clothed you, and and when was it that we saw you sick and in prison and visited you? And and he said, it says the king will answer, truly I, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these members of my family, you did it to me. That's beautiful when you think about it. Every time you show mercy to someone who's hurting or broken or poor, you are showing mercy to, to Jesus. That's how he sees it, because he takes their plight on his heart. And we are his hands and we are his heart. But also, mercy is is this. It's not just relieving the misery of, of people, but it's also reproving 
others who are in misery because of sin. Reproving is rebuking. It's it's challenging them. It's saying, look, you need God. This is why you're in the mess. And, and But doing it with love. Reproving is not condemning, right? It's, it, or sticking your finger in someone's face. But it's challenging them in the love of Christ and saying, look, turn to God. You're in this mess because you've done it your way and it hasn't worked for you. Turn to God. And I once watched a, a video uh, vlog of a famous magician who was visited by a Gideon, you know, the Gideon's the guy who, who the guys who give the Bibles out, they're amazing people. And he came to see him at his show and he left the Bible with a nice note in it saying, You had a great show, I really enjoyed it, and I was entertained. And and then he kind of talked a little bit about God in the note. And the magician, who was an atheist, he said this. He he kept saying over and over, This was a good man. And then he said this How much do you have to hate someone to know that there was a hell? and not tell them that they could end up there for eternity if they don't follow God. And these are my words, not his, but he said he said something to this effect. And think about this. He was welcoming confrontation. He was welcoming a rebuke if, if it's done in love. So this atheist had an idea of what mercy was, that real mercy is not just really not just you know relieving people, but it's challenging them too, right? But mercy is also this, and, and let me let me put myself up there, I forgot. But uh, mercy is also this. Mercy is releasing others from the misery they have caused, whether it's against you or against someone else. And, and you're not excusing, you're not you're not saying I'm gonna, you know, trust them necessarily, but those are two different things, right? But you can release someone and still always give them the hope that they can find God in some way. Again, we don't have to agree with what someone did. You know, how many of you have seen a situation where someone you loved maybe um, maybe their their spouse or something, let's say, committed adultery and ran away with someone, right? You know, you're angry at that person and you, you want to kind of, you know, you know, yell at them. But, but mercy says, always leave a door open for redemption, right, in their life. And John Calvin, again, said this, mercy involves more than generous giving to the needy. It also involves forgiving others for their sins as an expression of gratitude to God for His gracious forgiveness. And that's what mercy is. And I want you to think about it this way, as it's written in Matthew. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. God embeds it right in there that, that you need to be a forgiver, that that to be a Christian to be a real follower of Christ is to be a forgiver. You, you can't be, a, be a, a believer without being a forgiver. And the promise to the merciful is simply this. They will receive mercy. When you are merciful, you receive from God. You receive mercy. The law of sowing and reaping applies here, as it does in so many of the other Beatitudes. God's law of choices and consequences applies to mercy as well. And somebody put it this way, those who judge others harshly can expect to be judged harshly by God. And those who judge others mercifully can expect to be shown mercy by God. So till next time, so glad to be with you. And thank you so much for being with us. And if you enjoy this podcast, leave a like and subscribe to this channel, recommend it to a friend. We want to grow it as, as much as we can and get out there. So till next time, God bless you. Thanks for listening.